And it's also not how life is. Like you don't get to go redo everything in life because you elevated or because you have something new. It's that stuff is still there. It's still the past. It it's great for what it was. And even though you have something that you may feel better about, it doesn't mean that that stuff wasn't good. Welcome back to the Own Your Awkward podcast. I'm your host, Andy Vargo, and every episode we get into what has made our guests vulnerable and how they've learned how to own their awkward in order to live their best life. Stay tuned so you can hear every awkward moment in today's show. Hey friends, oh my gosh, I was going to do my regular intro, but this is so extra awkward this week. Uh, This is a backwards episode because this is episode 100 and we wanted to do something very special. So I have my amazing friend Marie here. Marie hosts the Ordinary to Badass podcast because she is an amazing badass and does awesome things. She's also written a book, Ordinary to Badass, all about paying off debt, making making your finances work for you in a very quick manner. Um, as well as many other things. So, Marie, I guess I'll shut up and let you you do the thing. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here with you to celebrate 100 episodes. That's so stinking exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. So let's just start off from the beginning. Tell me about the origin story of Own Your Awkward and how it came about. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a good question. Well, I, so ironically, I had been... When I started writing and stuff before I was even out of the closet or divorced, I had been working on a book called The Awkward Interview. And it was all about uh, kind of talking about these things that you don't want to talk about in an interview, like losing your job, having a gap on your resume, not having a college degree. It was going to address all these questions. And before I was really doing what I'm doing now, everything I talked about was very safe and professional. I would talk about how to have a good LinkedIn profile. I would write about maybe networking or to-do list, nothing personal, nothing close to home, because that was all safe, right? That was the world I lived in. And, And honestly, I had come out of the closet, had gotten divorced, and it was Father's Day that year, which was about three months into this whole beginning of changes. And I was having a pity party for myself. And I said, you know what, I'm going to buy myself a website. And I decided to buy it as Awkward Career instead of the Awkward Interview, because I thought that could just cover everything that I'm doing uh, professionally. It could just kind of wrap up into that. So my original plan was to keep it in that world. I wasn't out publicly other than just family and friends yet. And when I started doing that, I didn't use it for a year later, but I, I had the website. And then I started doing these awkward talks and I had come out more publicly and some friend was like I can't tell if you're trying to be serious or if you're trying to be funny or awkward I think you just kind of need to own it and so that kind of developed the idea of own your awkward as a tagline I started leading with own your awkward and it really just stuck and to me by then I had come out publicly publicly I had started sharing my message and I found that that was the part that actually made the biggest difference and really resonated with people was the personal things that I was really shy about talking about. Like I had to actually own my own awkward and be okay saying, yeah, I am being myself. I, I have to just do it. So how did that change things for you? Uh, You know, it's, it's funny 
I think about that first year when I came out and I was only out with friends and family, but I was starting to go out a little bit or meet some gay guys, go on a couple dates. And I was more stressed being out of the closet, like active, because before that I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. There was nothing to like be found out about other than what was in my own head. So that was actually more stressful. And I remember saying one time to, um, to a friend, a mutual friend that we have, and and I said to my friend, I said, uh, man, if I do that, like, I'm going to look gay or they're going to know I'm gay. And he's, he's like, but you are gay. And I was like, oh, I guess it doesn't matter what people's perception of because is because that's the real thing. And so when I actually started writing and sharing things about myself, I just had a, a better connection to people and they found things they could relate to because there are a million people saying all the safe thing, things out there online and anybody, I mean, we have AI now that could do that, but it's not going to tell our story and people need to hear what each of us go through. It's not that mine is any better or more special than anybody else. There just may be some things that I say that the right person hears that relates to them. And you, you're going to have something that you share that relates to somebody else. And that's why we need to do it. So in those moments where you find yourself like feeling like you're playing it safe or like you're worried about what other people are thinking, is there something you say to yourself to push past that? That's a good, that's a really good question because initially it was just survival. Like I just had to get through things and what I have learned now since I've developed some tools and since I have reflected on how I got through those moments, it was that I've really come to find that the space that we're in is just right now. It's going to pass. It's, I used to think, oh, I get to this level in life and that's where I stay. And then I get to the next thing and that's where I stay. And we're always on this journey to elevate, but that's not really what life is. We have things coming that are great and those last for a while and sometimes they disappear but the space that I'm in right now, good or bad, is going to come and go. Like I'm going to have people surrounding me that I love and I love being around and they're not going to be here forever. I have to enjoy them while they're here. And I have times where I feel really lonely and like to your question where, it's, where I go, gosh, today really sucks. Like I don't know how I can get through this, but I also have to know that as much as the good things are going to go away, so are those bad moments. So I can't get caught up on oh my gosh, I guess this is my life. I guess I'm a sucky person. I guess I don't have any friends or I'll never have friends because that's kind of the negative talk that the bully in my head is going to do. And I know they're there. So the other thing I've started doing is viewing that as somebody else. Like I have a voice that I can hear in my head as that bully. And I don't believe that voice anymore. Yeah, like I've heard some people say like they come up with a different name for it. Mm-hmm. So maybe you need something that rhymes with Andy. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually, so I read a book called Andy. Narrator. And and she, uh, the author, talks about um, naming your narrator as that, that bully in your head. And she says, some, she talks about it as a narrator because sometimes the narrator is telling us overly positive stuff that isn't always right, where we're believing, oh, things are just great, you know, and maybe that's not always the best thing. And we could have these narrators that are, different combinations of different styles and mine a lot of time is kind of a nihilist bully person and so I have started to call him block because 
block as much as that narrator can just block everything that I try to do, no matter what they jump in and block. I can also step on that block and and step over it or use use them to elevate. So yeah, that's good. Like you can use it to either stop you and block you, or you can use it to elevate you. So I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What was it, the name of the helpful. book? Uh, I think I've had you fire off. your narrator, and it's by Valerie Gordon. I'll put a link okay. in the description here. Yeah, sounds good. So, Andy, how do you define awkward? And why do you think that it's important to own your awkward? Oh, man. It's crazy being on the other side of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get asked that all the time, too, because when people are coming on my podcast, they they always want to know, well, what are you expecting? What's What constitutes awkward? And I, I usually explain it in that it's anything that that is definingly different for you and that maybe you've tried to hide. Typically I, I say it's your, that insecurity that you feel a little bit self-conscious about when you walk into a room full of people. And if, if I walk into a room and I feel either too old or too young for a room, there's somebody across the room that actually is probably having the same feelings about the opposite trait. And yet we don't see that they're, they're envious of us for having the thing that, they're self-conscious about because we're we're going ah I'm too big for the space or I'm too small for the space and the other person's like gosh I wish I was that big or that small or this old or that young uh, so so for me you know for me it was not being comfortable in my own skin about being gay and knowing that that's feelings I had my whole life but also once you get over one awkward other ones show up it's just like facing your biggest fear it's like oh now I've, now I've got to get over being uncomfortable on certain social media sites or uh, putting myself out there where I'm like, where I start to get attention and, and start to have a following. But then I still feel awkward about actually stepping into that role and claiming it. So, so then what's next? What's the next step when you feel awkward into claiming it? Gosh, sometimes I need to take my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? But, one one of the things I like to do is to remember all the kind of conquests you've had in the past. And go, you know what? I've I've gotten over all these other things which have all equipped me to face this new thing. And and remember that a lot of the ways that we do it, the ways that we got over those things in the past are methods we can use on the new thing. It has a new label, it's an it's a new, a new fear, but I, I'm I be, feel sometimes like I'm very fear driven and my I I will not do something until I become more afraid of living with the consequences of not doing it than of actually what makes me afraid to do it so you know for me when I came out it was I'm afraid of my life being like this until I die like this is strangling I can't stay in this bad relationship in this you know negative space and not bring my best self to the world because of how I'm not comfortable in myself. And I didn't even understand that's what, I couldn't put that vocalization to it at the time. It was just, I got to deal with this. Um, and so now I can see that where it's like, you know, if I want to step into this, if I don't step into this role, I will never get to the place that I'm saying I want to get to. And that's scarier to me than putting the thing out there where I might get some negative comments or, publishing something where I might have some imposter syndrome around how I feel about it. And also the more you talk to people, the more people's stories you hear, all of a sudden it becomes, oh, 
Marie has that thought too. Like, oh, she's a badass. How could she ever think that way? And yet, the more I hear that from other people that I really look up to and really admire and see do amazing things and don't question their badassness. And then I think, oh, if they have that thought in the back of their head, then maybe it's okay that these thoughts are in my head too. Yeah, it's like the power of vulnerability and actually sharing your story. And then I liked how you said like it was so like it felt strangling or stifling to to not share your story. And maybe that's just not being in alignment with your values or who you are. But then on the other side of that, I imagine once you made the decision, like it felt pretty freeing. Is that true? It It is. And it it is. And but it's not instant. Like it was it was a weight lifted because it's like, OK, now it's out there. I hear people talk about this even just with life decisions, whether it's buying a house, changing jobs, uh, you know, relocating, where it's so stressful before they make the decision. But then as soon as they make the decision, it's like, wow, this feels good. At least now, you know, I'm not worried anymore about what the consequences are, what could could go any direction because I've made the decision and now we're just dealing with moving forward. And that was the thing with me was, you know, coming out when you're married with three kids uh, requires a lot of things there there's a lot of life adjustments so i wouldn't say it was easy um but it did become very freeing and it it became very much a, a it, the the first i i would say it was rough at first it was the hardest thing i've ever done it wasn't by any chance easy and it was the hardest thing i ever did leading up to it to even come up with the courage to say this you know i'm not who you think i am completely but but then it was also sticking with the process to work through. And I remember going to therapy, resetting life. Um, three weeks after I came out, I got let go of my job when I was my corporate job. And it was every part of my life was changing. And I remember looking at my life like I had this huge opportunity to invent myself. And I, I was journaling in the the kind of the the name I had on my journal was the the invention of a man because I was thinking this is a chance to start from scratch in a lot of ways and if you were building your life together what kind of people are you going to bring in what kind of things are you going to do what kind of gifts are you going to bring to the world and I was really looking at my mental health and the things that I needed to work on for myself as if I could handpick what I pull back into my life now that everything is just rubble then it, it can be a great opportunity. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So looking, reflecting back, is there any, what's memorable about the 100 episodes of the podcast? That's a lot of episodes, very cool. But is there like a guest whose story resonated with you or stood out to you? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, what, like what are the what's a good episode I should listen to? And I never know because there are so many people on my show who the, who I'm good friends with, and sometimes I didn't know them beforehand, and then we became friends. But there there have been some surprises where I didn't know a person, and then they share something, and I, I don't ask my guests what their awkward is going to be before they come on because I, I'd rather have a very organic conversation, and there are certain certain episodes that I find myself um, referring back to a lot from lessons I learned. 
Um, one of them was, uh, I remember when uh, Jim Kellner was on and he was one of my very first guests. And so when you listen to the episode, no, I was just getting started because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh, this was a great conversation. I, it's almost like you want to redo some of the episodes because you've come a longer way. Like it was only audio. It was on a 30 minute limit and I had to cut off really quick at the end. However, he talked about failure and how we learn how to like we beat ourselves up about not being successful at something the first time. And for him, he was very shy. And he did, this guy does hypnotherapy and does like comedy hypnosis on stage and has given a Ted talk about it. And not anybody that I expected to say they were shy, but his, his awkward thing was that he was debilitatingly shy and he wanted to reach out to this girl, you know, early on and say, you know, ask her out, but he, he just couldn't even talk to anybody like that. And he was talking about failure and how we're really hard on ourselves. Like I can't do that thing. And we just, we tell ourselves I can't do it even though we've never even tried it or we try it and it doesn't go very well the first time. So we say, I'm not cut out for that. And yet he says, we look at a toddler learning how to walk and they fall over hundreds of times and we don't say, Oh, they can't walk thinking they will never walk. We know that's part of the process, but then for some reason, when we move past that, we, we don't ever like apply that grace to ourselves where we say, well, this is part of the process. I'm going to fall. I'm going to, I'm going to do this wrong several times. This is how I learn. And so, so there's lessons like that. Um, that's one of my favorites. And then um, when I had Melissa Hughes on, she's another friend of mine who, and, and again, both of these are all people who at the time that I interviewed them, I didn't feel like close friends. And now it's like, oh, we've just, the same same with when you were on my podcast. It was like, oh, I got to have Marie on. I know who you are. I know a little bit about you. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're, we're best buds and doing accountability every month and texting each other going, did you actually do your stuff? <laughs> uh, but when I had Melissa on, she has gone on to, to since do a TED talk about imposter syndrome. And she talked about giving a talk in front of the most people she had talked to, and they are all in her field. And she goes back to her hotel room and is just curled, curled up on a in a fetal position with a bottle of wine. Just, oh my gosh, they're going to know I'm an imposter and they're going to see how awful this was. And I tell people how many times since I've heard her talk about this and share how more successful people have imposter syndrome at a higher rate because the nature of pushing things, you're beating yourself up and then you're saying, oh, well, now people are going to see me. More people hear my message. I have a higher likelihood of that. So now whenever I start to feel imposter syndrome, which is plenty of the time, I just go, yes, there it is. I must be doing things right. I must be successful because that's that crappy feeling that I don't want to have. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, imposter syndrome is like when you're doing something and you feel like a fake or feel like a fraud and don't feel like you're necessarily enough to do whatever role or position you're in. Um, yeah. Going back a little bit, I like how you talked about your early episode where you're like, it was one of your first episodes and you're like, it's kind of, you didn't say this, but kind of what I got from it, like kind of cringe um, or awkward, but it's like, you did it awkward. You did it anyway. Mm -hmm. We all have to start somewhere, but you still found it within yourself to do it, you know, however you knew how at the time. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is we have to remember that there's two things, two things that I've really learned from doing this podcast and even other videos I've made is that 
you're not going to start out with the perfectly well-produced published show where everything's smooth, great audio, perfectly edited. Like you, you have this full crew behind you. Uh, but to me, one thing I've, I've come to expect to accept is it has to be about the content and the content has to be good. If the, if to me, it's, you know, I, I still could get a better mic. There's things I could do. You know, my bed's leaned up against the wall behind me in my studio. Like this is this, this is what I'm working with. So with what I work, what I have to work with, what is the best thing I can put together? And people love to see the journey because there's people who've been listening from day one who are like, man, I remember when his episodes were cutting off at a half an hour because of the way that he recorded it and the free service that he used where it was like this, okay, see you later. I got to go. Bye. And now we can see this other expansive, more relaxed where we can talk and it, it was audio only. Now there's video and the people who are your, like your best fans and, and supporters are like, I was there when, or, or I commented on this and then they impl implemented this in their episode or, or whatever. Cause they're, they're part of that. It's not just a one-sided thing. And so, so you have to be okay with not having everything absolutely perfect and including people on that journey of like, this is where we're going. I love that everybody's here for this ride. Yeah. And it's relatable, you know, because we all have our things or we all have these things we feel awkward on or we feel crunch for time. And so it's relatable to just, you know, do it how it is or how you feel. And it's like, we all have those moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So how have you grown having the podcast? How have you grown? What have you learned? Oh goodness. I have, I have learned so much. Um, you know, I I've learned a lot. It's easy to go to all the technical stuff, but there's a lot of things where it's like, oh, I learned, I figured out this, I figured out that. Um, I feel like I have gotten better just from doing the podcast. I've gotten better at being, uh, an active listener in a way that leads me to the next question to where I am not coming in with a canned list of these are all the things I'm going to ask. Uh, when I started, I remember thinking, I have to have a list of questions. If I'm going to interview Marie, then I have to know, okay, these are the things I got to research her stuff. And I have just found myself becoming very relaxed around, okay, I want to stay on topic. I want to get to know as much about this person and their journey as possible. But if we end up going down some weird road talking about a recipe for whatever dessert, you know, that might be something that for some reason is important to that person and we tie it back in. And um, so I've, I've really learned to let people go where they want, but then also kind of bring it back to, okay, well, how does that tie into what we're talking about and be more in the moment without an expectation? And, and like the two lessons I've shared, I have learned so many individual lessons from people that have just been so helpful for me where I go, oh man, I need to pull, I need to pull that thing I heard from this person on that episode. And I, I end up sharing these when I'm doing motivational speaking in my keynotes and stuff. A lot of times it's like, you know what, on episode 43, uh, so-and-so told me this thing and it stuck with me. Um, I had a, a guest, uh, Chris Allen, who was uh, also a hypnotherapist. I've had a few hypnotherapists on, for some reason, I kind of go in and I have comedians, authors, a lot of different things. And I tried to get a very diverse audience, but he talked about that voice in your head. And he, he talked about how he would use the voice in your head and refer to it as 
a puppy instead of a monster. And so a puppy just, they're going to keep jumping up on your leg. They're going to do things that aren't right, but you know that the puppy just needs to be trained. And it's not as scary as that monster that we can't deal with and we have to fight. And so, so I share these things all the time where it's like, oh, there's so many different ways to look at the same thing. I remember when I had my first guest on and I was leery of this because I always ask people what their awkward is and I don't know what it's going to be. But I knew initially I thought someone's going to say that they're awkward is the same thing someone else has said. And then I don't know what to do because now like, well, that shot, this episode's not worth anything. I already had an introvert on, right? Which, which introvert is one of the more popular things that people have said. But what I found is that everyone has a different story behind it and everyone has a different way of making it work for them. And it hasn't mattered. I could have 10 people on who, who all say they're too tall for the room or they're whatever. And yet when you ask about, well, what experiences got you to realize that? How did it affect your life? How did people handle it when you started being okay with it? And then how have you made it work for you? All of those answers, all those other things are completely different. And it's just so cool to, to see. Yeah. And I think that's applicable to life too, though, because it's like, so often we think like, oh, I can't do this. So many people have done this before me. Like, who am I? Or we compare ourselves to other people that have done it, but we have our own little like spin or our own flavor to it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. Yeah. And uh, that's such a, a good point that you bring up too, about we, we tend to think someone already did it. So someone claimed that space. So now I can't. And I think about how many times the first person to do something wasn't the person that is best known for it. And a perfect example is the Duracell pink rabbit. And everyone always is like, don't you mean the Energizer bunny? And I'm like, well, originally it was the Duracell rabbit. They had all these little pink bunnies and they didn't renew their, their patent or trademark or, you know, for that after about 13 years. And then Energizer came out with a bigger pink bunny. And ever since then, all we know is the Energizer rabbit because you learn from what other people are doing. And it doesn't mean that you're going to, there, there is plenty of room for maybe more than one pink rabbit in your world. It doesn't mean you have to wipe out the competition, but we take the lessons from what other people have done and grow on them. So speaking of other people, what, what have other people told you about the show? What has the audience said back to you about the show? Oh, that's, that's a good, that's a good one there. It, it's funny because, um, podcasting as you know you don't always get feedback from directly from people because you put this thing out there and it's kind of like you're talking into this silence where it's just it's going out blasted over the radio essentially and and people hear it but you don't always hear back which I hear from a lot of podcast hosts is one of the most frustrating things is we're having a great conversation right now and this feels really good as soon as you hit post you may never get feedback on that particular episode. Um, and one of the things that's hard too is there are so many services out there. I can't possibly subscribe to every service that has my show on it and keep up if anybody ever comments. But I have had some surprises where I'll run into people around town and, and they're just like, oh man, I, I really liked your last episode. And I'm thinking, I didn't even know this person was listening to my podcast. Or I, I've had a couple of times where I've taken some breaks 
And usually I'm not always the best at planning. So they're usually unplanned breaks. It's not like I say, Oh, by the way, this is the end of season one and I'll be back in two months. Just life happens. And there's a little pause. And I, I had somebody say, were you taking a break for a while? I noticed there, there haven't been some episodes. And I was like, and it really made me go, Oh my gosh, people are listening. Like people are listening and waiting for that thing. And, and that's hard to see myself that way that someone cares to hear what I'm putting out there. Uh, but people, people usually say that they find a lot of insights and my guests almost always tell me it's the most fun podcast they've been on. Cause they're like, this was fun. It was different. It's such a different approach on talking about their journey that even if they're still having the chance to promote what they do, it's, it's not the typical, we're going to get on here and talk about leadership and we're, we're going to get in here and talk about this thing that you're bringing that solves everybody's problems. It's, I want to hear about you and I want to hear more than anything, what you have not been comfortable with in your life. And that can be scary to people, but I think people are surprised by how fun the conversation is. Yeah. Yeah. I know like before I ever got into business or before I started ordinary to badass, I would be that wallflower and I would listen to people's podcasts or read their newsletters and I would never respond because I just didn't think it mattered, you know, um, yeah. like even though I really loved somebody's stuff, I would never answer. So it's funny on the other side of things, like seeing how important it is to get feedback. So if you're listening to this episode, reach out to Andy, let him know <laughs> what your favorite episode was, because I think that's important is to hear, you know, the fan favorites and maybe you could bring that person back on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned this idea of having a challenge, like people not, not always responding. What are other challenges that you faced in the 100 episodes? Yeah, early on, I really had to get to know actually myself as far as how I work. And so I would I would get overwhelmed with just trying to get everybody's information back from them. And I, I didn't have everything as automated as I have it now where... Now it's like you sign up for my podcast and it's like, you fill out this form, give me all your stuff before we even make the appointment. And, and then I went so far into the form where it was like, oh, no, fill out the form is the only way to do it. And I realized sometimes I'm asking people that are, that are, you know, a little bit higher up in their popularity than I am. And I'm like, well, I can't say, well, you got to fill out my form if, if I'm really asking them to be on my show and, and they're doing me the favor. So then I had to be like, hey, here's, here's how I do it. Or just let me know what works, you know, and we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, so I've learned that I've had to be a little bit more fluid in processes sometimes to be able to work with a bigger variety of people. Um, I've learned, you know, a ton of just insightful lessons from each individual guest, obviously. Um, but really, the the big lessons have have been on how do I approach things? How do I, how do I... Uh, ask more insightful questions. I've had to do a lot of work around, you know, kind of listening to other shows and hear how other hosts approach questions to make sure that I'm not just getting on this lazy, I'm going to ask Marie this, I'm going to ask her this, and I'm going to ask her this, and then we're done. Because uh, so, sometimes I feel like it's easy to get into kind of too much of a script. Yeah. And it's like, I would even say, get into the script if that's how you have to get started because I did the same thing I used to have a set like set questions I would ask every single time so it's like if that's what gets you started cool and then once you get more comfortable you yeah. can you know expand exactly that and that's a great point is that start where you're comfortable 
and know that it it doesn't have to be the same forever. Like I used to think, oh, if I change this now, like let's say I change my brand. When I changed my branding, I thought I need to go back to every episode from the beginning and redo my my thumbnails and everything. And, and it's not realistic. And it's also not how life is. Like you don't get to go redo everything in life because you elevated or because you have something new. It's that stuff is still there. It's still the past. It it's great for what it was. And even though you have something that you may feel better about, it doesn't mean that that stuff wasn't good. It's just, Oh, well now we have this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know why this random thought just popped into my head. Um, once I heard somebody say about your awkwardness, like whatever you were made fun of for as a kid is what makes you cool as an adult. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so true. And then sometimes we're still like very, we hold it close or we're still embarrassed of it. But it is the things that we like is when people are just vulnerable and raw and they're themselves. Right. Yeah. It's it's funny how, I mean, they used to say something about how like, you know, nerds were going to rule the world or whatever. The, the kids that were the the nerdy geeky kids in, in high school, it's like, oh, sweet. But, um, but there's truth to that because it's, it's like later on when you become adults there, there's two things I found one is that those things become cool yet we're still just as self-conscious as we were in high school about like oh I don't know I don't know if I should share this thing and it, it's just funny because even though this is what I do all day long and I'm asking people that this is this is my m mission my story it still surprises me when I meet somebody that I'm putting on a pedestal in my head and they say something that they're insecure about or that that they've struggled with or whatever the thing is and i go really you but you're you're so and so like you shouldn't have that thing and i'm like dude do you listen to your own podcast like this is the whole point <laughs> i know but like when i hear people say stuff and i didn't expect it like it's, it makes me respect them more or mm -hmm. it feels like there's more of a bond because it's like oh you're just like me exactly yeah i um yeah, I feel like that's the thing is the more vulnerable we are, the more we open up. You know, the old school thinking was that you can't show a weakness because you're going to lose respect. You're going to lose power. You're going to whatever it is. But I respect somebody so much more when they're in a leadership role and they can say, you know what, guys, I don't know how we're going to solve this problem, but I know we can do it together. So what solutions can we come up with versus someone who says, you know what, guys, I've seen everything out there. This is what we have to do and isn't willing to to have any feedback from anybody. And then all of a sudden that plan doesn't work out. And meanwhile, all of their their team is disgruntled and feeling undervalued because they're like, oh, they don't care what I say. Why? I can't speak up. I'm going to get shot down. And if they have the the nerve to say, you know what, guys, I have never faced this before. We're going to have to all figure this out. Totally, totally. So for the future, looking forward or looking forward to the next hundred episodes, where do you see Own Your Awkward going? Wow. Uh oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to have a moment now. Um <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that is a great thing to think about. And I I know that one thing I have been doing started doing already is being more aggressive in more episodes because I have taken some breaks. It's taken me a few years to get to 100, which my initial plan was every week I'm going to have an episode. And so now I'm I'm ramping up the frequency. And I'm also really trying to focus on 
giving each episode more attention once I put it out there to where I do get it out in small snippets in front of more people. Uh, and then continuing to have the conversations and down the road, I could see creating a book that is the lessons from the podcast where it's, you know, here's this guest taught me this, or this collection of guests taught me that. And here's three different ways that I learned the same lesson from a few different people uh, because there's so much value. And sometimes, you know, just getting the little snippet pulled into one thing where you can go, you know what, I got this manual I can refer to. And, you know, kind of like a dictionary, like what's your awkward? Oh, oh, you're this. Okay. Well, here's, here's, here's three different ways to do it. And if you want more, go here and, and get the full thing because, um, cause that's thing. And I, I like to think of own your awkward to me, it's a movement. And I, I get a little bit fanatically religious about it or, where I want to, I want to see this thing where people are like, like, this is the greeting where you walk up to people. You're like, Hey, what's your awkward thing? And, and maybe we have name tags where it's like, hi, I'm Andy. I'm a little bit much for most people, like whatever the thing is so that we can right away, get that, get that out. Because I just, I'm a firm believer that when people know that there's something in the back of our heads, that's making us hold back. The problem isn't that we have that thing that that's making us feel that way. It's that our human nature is to feel like there's a reason that person isn't being trustworthy, that they're, they're probably trying to hide something from us that is devious or malicious and that they don't, they don't want us to know because they're going to sneak one over on us. In reality, it's probably their own damn insecurity. And if, if I just say, oh my gosh, this is awkward because I feel kind of self-conscious right now in this, in this space. Now all of a sudden there's a sigh of relief. It's like, oh, that's the thing. Like, I don't care about the spill on your shirt. Let's just get this deal done or let's move forward. And then, and you can say, yeah, that's okay. I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I was feeling really awkward about like this curling iron I left in my hair or whatever, you know, and now you can actually just have a genuine conversation and relationship. Yes. That's why you're the own your awkward, awkward king i can't even speak <laughs> <laughs> keep it awkward <laughs> yep exactly right on brand you know right exactly but andy no i want to take a second to recognize you i love own your awkward and what you're doing with it congratulations on 100 episodes i just like your vulnerability and your willingness to share and i think you're kicking butt well thank you so much uh you're an inspiration and uh, you keep me going. So I, I means a lot hearing that from you because uh, I know you are, you are a badass and, and kicking it as well. So thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks everybody on your awkward. Thank you so much for listening in for today's show. Be sure to visit awkwardcareer.com to continue your journey. And of course, please like subscribe and share with your friends so they can find their awkward side and learn how to own it.